Hello and welcome to another message of the Latter Rain Ministries, where we are dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. If you have any questions or just need some prayer, please feel free to write to us through our website at www.thelatterrain.org. And also keep in mind that our English audio messages are available as podcasts through iTunes. You can look for us in the Apple iTunes Store under Podcasts as The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. In today's message, we will discuss a problem with unbelief, when our faith is not how it should be. We will see that when we lack faith and unbelief is running our lives, that we will miss out on a lot of opportunities and ultimately go down a path of emptiness. Faith in Jesus and who He really is and believing everything He is capable of can open the way to living out His true purpose for our lives. But for that to happen, our faith needs to be focused on Him which means that our heart needs to be in the right place. Please stay with us for the next few minutes as we listen to today's message. Let us ask the Lord to open our hearts and understanding that He help our faith to be focused on what it should be focused on, and so we can believe on what we need to believe and how we need to believe. Let's pray. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, hallowed and glorified be your name. Lord, I praise you and I worship you for your goodness and your mercy and your grace. Blessing and honor and glory be to you. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord God, that you please forgive all of my sins. And I pray humbly now, Lord God, that you please uh, open our hearts and our understanding, Lord God. Help us, O Lord, to have an open mind. Help us, O Lord, to truly be able to focus our faith on, on how we need to really focus things. Heavenly Father, help us to be focused on you, on your Son, Jesus Christ. Help us, O Lord, to be able to, to believe, Lord God, as we need to believe. In Jesus' name, I pray now for your guidance, through your word, through your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Our main scripture passage today comes from Luke chapter 24, verse 13 to 35. And this is what the Lord says. Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emos, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. And he said to them, What kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Then one of whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? So they said to him the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all of this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. 
And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as a woman had said, but him they did not see. Then he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone farther. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road, and while he opened the scriptures to us? So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And they told about the things that had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. One of the quotes that really opens up this discussion quite well for us today is what Blaise Pascal said some centuries ago. He said that in faith, there's enough light for those who want to believe and enough shadows to blind those who don't. We need to answer first who Jesus really was and is. He was a prophet, but also he was much more than just a prophet. That was the first and primary problem Cloopas and his friend had, that they only saw Jesus as a prophet. The truth is that if a person does not see Jesus for who he really is, then they will miss everything that is important because everything centers on the person of Jesus Christ. The Bible teaches that there is one Holy Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and that the three are one. First John chapter 5, verse 7 says this, For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. Notice that in this verse, John mentions Jesus Christ as the Word which would lead us to believe that he is God in motion, if you will, the action of God. John chapter 1, verse 1 to 3 tells us that this word, this Jesus Christ, was there at the beginning. For it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. And so Jesus was always there. Genesis explains to us that God that made everything was a plural God. In other words, an entity that was composed of more than one person. In the ancient Hebrew, the word that is used for God throughout the creation passage stands for more than one God. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 is when our, our language finally catches up and reveals to us this plural God, where it says, Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. So it is quite clear that God here does not stand for a single person talking to himself, but rather it is revealed through the words us and our. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And Paul also completes the picture when he explains the following in Colossians chapter 1, where it says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. He 
is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him, speaking of Jesus, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, where the thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. So quite simply, we conclude that Jesus was not only a prophet, not only the Son of God, but he is even more importantly, God as part of the Trinity. Although he took on our human form so he could become the perfect sacrifice for our sins, he was and is God. He always was and is and will always be God. And so the error of these two men is revealed, and that was why they could not sense even Jesus. God was right in front of them. This is the problem that many people have. If a person does not come to the full realization of who Jesus Christ is, that he is God, then they will miss everything that belongs to God, starting with the salvation we find through Jesus Christ. It may not become apparent to us at the very beginning, but sooner or later, as we grow through the Word of God, we need to come to that realization and that all of our trust needs to be put on the Lord. Jesus needs to be the Lord of our lives. Jeremiah explained the following concept in chapter 17 where it says, Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land which is not inhabited. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. And so, if we understand who this Lord really is, that he is Jesus Christ, and we put our trust in him, then we will be able to gain access to everything that is good, and our lives will prosper. But if we don't trust in him, if we trust in man, in ourselves, then we bring upon ourselves curse, and we will miss everything that comes from the hand of God. This issue that occurs is a simple consequence because nothing good happens outside of the Lord, outside of Him who is capable to bring about all things that are good and eternal. You might think that believing in God alone is fine, but you need to fully understand exactly who this God truly is, the person of Jesus Christ, and put your complete faith on Him. It is not enough to just believe in God generically. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5 says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus had to explain to us the truth of who he was and what he needs to be in our lives. For it is also written in John chapter 14, verse 6, where it says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There is no other way. That's why religion does not save you. Morality does not give you eternal life. God's grace and faith in Him is what allows for the miracle of salvation to occur, but it is based on our faith on the one and only on Jesus.
That's why just believing in God does not get it done for us. It needs to be exactly and precisely concentrated on Jesus. Anything else is a waste of time, no matter how close it comes. There are no such things as multiple perfections. There are no such things as multiple perspectives being correct. It can never be whatever you want to believe based on personal whims. It is essential and necessary that Jesus be the center of it all because this is just how reality works and what it will always be, something that is established and can never be moved, for it is written. But why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us shall give account of himself to God. And so every single being in heaven, on earth, everywhere in the universe will bow down and confess that Jesus is God because it will be an irrefutable and undeniable truth. The only thing that matters to every human being is when they chose to believe and accept, either during the course of their life, while they're able to experience the dispensation of God's grace, or after. But if it's after this life is over, then they will experience the eternal judgment and condemnation of those that refuse to accept this truth during God's acceptable time. Our faith does not determine Jesus' position in the universe, but rather our faith only determines what happens with our own lives here on earth, but even more importantly, where we will spend eternity. Now, Unbelief does help determine what God desires to show a person individually. In other words, God reveals himself to someone or a group of people based on their desire to believe or lack thereof. When there is unbelief, God's work will not be seen. God will not show himself where there are people that are unwilling to believe, where unbelief reigns. Matthew chapter 13, verse 54 to 58 tells us the following. When he had come to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is this not Carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? And his sisters, are they not all with us? Where then did this man get all these things? So they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own house. Now, he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. So unbelief does not necessarily affect God's power, but rather it affects God's revelation in a personal and saving manner. If a person decides to believe, then they will see God's glory in their life. If a person has no desire to believe, then God will not reveal himself to them. So, how does faith grow? How can a person increase their faith? The Bible teaches us that the only way that faith can grow is through the Word of God, but by believing what you are reading or listening coming straight from the Scriptures. Exposing yourself to God's truth and taking it in as truth is what helps us to develop the faith we need in order to understand who Jesus is and what he needs to be in our lives. 
Romans chapter 10, verse 16 to 17 says that they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, the Lord who has believed our report. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Everything that happens with you is determined by your disposition, by where your heart is. God will give you according to where your heart is. So in essence, you choose what happens to you. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9 to 10 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind even to give every man according to his way, according to the fruits of his doings. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 and 8 tells us, Do not be deceived. God is not marked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Jesus told us of a true story about a certain rich man and Lazarus, where he explained the great need that a person must believe the law and the prophets, ultimately what is written in God's word. It's a true story because a name is used for the principal character. The rich man's name is not mentioned because when a person does not have faith in God and as a result of that unbelief, their identity is lost eternally. It will be as if though that person never existed, completely lost in a place of eternal torment. We can read the story in Luke chapter 16, verse 19 to 31, where it says, There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torments in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted and you are tormented. And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot nor can those from there pass to us. Then he said, I beg you therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham said to him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to him, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. And so it is very clear that a person needs to look for the scriptures and believe what is in there for their own good to be able to find God's truth through Jesus Christ. The reason why the Old Testament, or what is referred to now as the Old Testament, or the Jewish Bible, is enough because it talks about who God is, and what a person needs to do to be saved. 
The New Testament is the fulfillment of the Messiah's coming. It tells us that the Old Testament prophecies were fulfilled through the person of Jesus Christ and what a person needs to do with that faith in Christ. And based on biblical truth, the Messiah did do exactly what the rich man had mentioned, that a person come back from the dead to speak about God's truth to the people. Jesus died for our sins. And according to the Bible, he went to the depths of the earth. And at the third day, he was raised from the dead and revealed himself to those who had desired to believe in him. We can see this through the Gospels in the New Testament that he went to his disciples, even to these two men on their way to Emos, who had not been yet established properly in their faith, still believing that he was just a prophet. Notice that the Lord did not reveal himself neither to the Jewish religious authorities that had condemned him to die, nor to Pilate, nor to the multitudes that desired his death. And why not? Because they had no desire to believe that he was God. Our desire determines everything that happens with our own lives. That is why we need to be careful not only on how we believe in Jesus, but for what we choose to believe in him. Have you ever heard the saying, be careful what you wish for because you might just get it? That is exactly true according to the scriptures. If you choose to believe in Jesus to acquire superficial things only, the things of this earth, then you may just get only those things that your heart desires. Nothing more, nothing less. But what good is it to try to use your faith in Christ for material possessions or earthly goals and superficialities if you run the risk of losing your soul? You may win certain earthly battles along the way, but you will lose the war for your soul. That's what happens when your faith is not centered on Jesus, on who he is and what you really need to use that faith for. Matthew chapter 16 verse 26 says, For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? And finally, Revelation chapter 19, verse 7 to 8, teaches us, explaining in a certain order of priority, that unbelief has a natural consequence, which is eternal condemnation. And that it is also referred to as the second death. For it says, He who overcomes, which means those that not only believe in Jesus as the God he is, but endure in that faith, living out that faith until the day they die, until they breathe their last breath. That's what it means to overcome. It says, He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. If a person has unbelief, if there is no desire to believe in Jesus Christ, then there is nothing God can do for that person. It's as simple as that. And it's not because they came equipped that way, if you will. It's because out of their own free will, they made the choice to not believe. 
to reject the truth that God created everything, that God in the person of Jesus Christ came to this earth to give himself as payment for them, for their sins, and that God conquered death and is now sitting at his rightful place as the ruler of the universe, as the King of kings and Lord of lords that reigns forever and ever. Amen. It is absolutely necessary to believe that Jesus is more than a prophet, that he is God for your good, for your own salvation. If you do not believe in him, in who he really is, then all is lost in your life. The Bible teaches that there will be people that will even be able to preach in his name, drive out demons in his name, and perform miracles in his name. But if those people are not doing exactly his will, by acknowledging Jesus for what he needs to be to them personally, and doing those things that he truly wants for us to do, then they will not be able to enter his kingdom. For it is written, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. And what is the will of the Father? just as the law and the prophets say in unison. And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And who is this Lord that needs to be your God? Jesus. I urge you to accept Jesus as the Lord of your life and to do what he teaches us to do throughout all of his good advice to us through the scriptures so that someday, not too far from now, you may be able to enter the kingdom of heaven. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, Help us to truly understand who Jesus is. And that this understanding and that this knowledge that we might gain through your word may become life in us. That it may become a reality. That Jesus Christ is more than a prophet. That he is God, just like you, Father. Heavenly Father, help us to be aware of it. Help us to understand it through and through. And help us to be able to live our lives in that manner. Help us, O oh Lord, to not only just believe, not only to just accept, but Lord God, to make it a part of our lives and to truly live out your will in our lives. Help us to understand, Lord God. Help us, O oh Lord, to have a clear acknowledgement not a partial one, not halfway, but completely. Heavenly Father, help us that if by any chance, if we're not there yet, help us to convert completely and fully to Jesus and to make him the Lord of our lives. Heavenly Father, I pray for each person that is listening, 
I pray, Heavenly Father, Lord God, that they may be able to experience the reality of Jesus in their lives. So that they may be able to experience, Lord God, you in all of your fullness. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks and I praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Please join us again next time as we continue looking into God's Word together. Please feel free to write to us through our website if you have any questions or just need some prayer. Our web address again is www.thelatterrain.org. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.